This is an irreverent podcast. Check out irreverent.fm for shows from all our friends. Hello and welcome to Exvangelical. I'm your host, Blake Chastain. I wanted to talk a little bit today about the deconstruction discourse that has been peppering the internet, or at least this part of the internet, over the past year. Evangelical pastors and leaders have been talking a lot about deconstruction and exvangelicals this year. Francis Chan mentioned exvangelicals and pastors leaving the ministry and the faith in May. That was followed in June by David Jeremiah mentioning in a sermon that exvangelicals were a sign of the end times. In August, the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast mentioned exvangelicals in a piece that included an interview with Josh Harris, which I responded to over in an essay on Religion News Service. That same month, Matt Chandler of the Village Church shared a sermon titled The Depth of the Gospel, where he said this. You and I are in a day and age where deconstruction and the turning away from and leaving the faith has become some sort of sexy thing to do. I contend that if you ever experience the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, that's really impossible to deconstruct from. But if all you ever understand Christianity to be is a moral code, then I totally get it. Now, that commentary has resurfaced again here in December and has kicked off a new round of us looking at how evangelical churches talk about those who have deconstructed. But before we get to that and talking a little bit more about Matt as an example... I want to look at some other places where evangelicals wrote about those who are deconstructing. In October, Tish Harrison Warren wrote an article for Christianity Today called The Church Needs Reformation, Not Deconstruction, which was followed two, later, two days later by Russell Moore's own article, My Dad Taught Me How to Love the Exvangelical. In November, Hannah Anderson wrote a piece also for Christianity Today called I can't quit my evangelical heritage, and neither can you. And also in November, the Gospel Coalition published a piece called Four Causes of Deconstruction that posited that ex-evangelicals left the faith for, among other things, street cred. Even the Babylon Bee, the alt-right onion, is lampooning the similarity of ex-evangelical stories and how ex-evangelicals use social media, because I guess... We can't all complain about so-called cancel culture on Tucker Carlson like some of their execs can do. All of these statements by evangelical leaders belie an effort to discredit the validity of exvangelical perspectives and dismiss the critiques of people who use terms like exvangelical or deconstruction. By doing so, they may hope to appropriate the term or render it meaningless, as other conservative efforts have done with terms like woke, cancel culture, and critical race theory. It's an attempt to turn deconstruction into a loaded phrase, and that metaphor is telling, because they're taking a tool, a hashtag like exvangelical or any other, used to help connect ideas and form nascent communities across social networks, or a loose framework like deconstruction to discuss ideas and experiences, and turn those things into weapons. They're beating plowshares into swords, taking tools they didn't make, in brandishing them against their rhetorical enemies. And that is a pernicious aspect of whiteness, excuse me, Western culture, that needs to be excised. 
It is also worth noting that evangelical preachers and leaders are decidedly punching down. Returning to Matt Chandler as an example. His church, the Village Church, has a proposed annual budget of $11.78 million. He has 402,000 followers on his Twitter account and leads the board of Acts 29, a church network with over 700 member churches. The Gospel Coalition, their website, is in the top 10,000 websites globally. So this is not a fight among equals, no matter the follower counts of popular evangelical TikTokers. Once again, white evangelicals are Goliath cosplaying as David. Yet despite all this, all of this bantering can create a distracting sideshow, because reducing criticism of white evangelicalism down to, quote, deconstruction is bad takes from pastors, or I really wish these people didn't have to leave at all type lamentation dismisses the seriousness of evangelicalism's sins. White evangelicalism causes trauma in people's lives and has become a threat to democracy. I have no interest in playing some game where a megachurch pastor tries to discredit the witness of people who speak truth to power about their own experiences. If they wanted that to remain palatable to everyone, they should have been better people, let alone better Christians. Respectability politics only serves to reify the current dynamics of power and capital. As that clip from Matt Chandler shows, they don't extend the most basic respect of the acknowledgement of and validity of our own experiences within the white evangelical church to any ex-evangelical. It is the height of hubris for white evangelical leaders to think that they can use their faith to undermine the innate value of all people, to use their political and financial capital to pursue anti-democratic goals across decades and more, and not expect to be held to account. It's also ridiculous to expect perfection from one's critics, as if the conflicts that arise within nascent progressive spaces like evangelical spaces somehow negates all the harm done within white evangelical spaces. The church isn't the only place that's a human institution prone to error or strife. Exvangelical is not a threat to Christianity. It is a perceived threat to a lazy and unrepentant evangelicalism. Conservative white evangelicalism does not want to be reformed. It doesn't want to repent. It doesn't want to disassociate from power, but it does want to distance itself from the scandal of January 6th of Trump, and of all the other aspects of its less-than-auspicious history. Even the necessary work of naming and decrying Christian nationalism can distract from the myriad other issues that run rampant in these circles. Christian nationalism blossoms in the soil of white evangelicalism, yet it is one bad fruit among many alongside white supremacy, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and abuse cover-ups. White evangelicals and others need to stop conflating the individual process of deconstructing one's personal faith with the corporate process of reforming institutions. Today's ex-evangelicals, post-evangelicals, deconstructors, and decolonizers, whatever term they may use to describe themselves, they are yesterday's reformers. Many of our own stories reflect a desire for our own communities to hear us when we raise concerns and need for reform in our own churches. 
Many exvangelicals leave their church as a matter of last resort and self-preservation after fighting tooth and nail against church leadership that has hardened its heart. For decades, white evangelicalism has positioned itself as the apogee of Christianity. That claim was never legitimate, but the media prowess, moneyed interest, and political clout of white evangelical leaders in the 20th and 21st centuries in America meant that this became the de facto understanding. Nonetheless, we're witnessing that era coming to an end. We're witnessing the end of white evangelical hegemony. This isn't persecution, though white evangelical leaders will interpret it, interpret it like that and further internalize that narrative. It's also not cancel culture. This is the consequence of decades of trends coalescing at once, as white, evangelic, white evangelical institutions and norms become more and more constrictive, pushing out would-be reformers. This is the consequence of refusing to engage said reformers pushing the church toward gender equality, LGBTQ plus affirmation, and racial justice and reparations. This is the consequence of white evangelicals wedding the future of their faith to the GOP since the 1970s, culminating in them not being the bride of Christ, but becoming another bride of Trump. This is the consequence of steady white evangelical support for President Trump, to whom they gave infinite mulligans, no matter what he did. The country and the world watched. Their congregants watched. Many left. With Trump, white evangelicals and their Christian nationalist allies gained considerable political power and clout. With his loss in the events of January 6th, the world saw the outcome of the Christian nationalism that was allowed and encouraged to run rampant in some evangelical communities. In this last-ditch attempt to keep its power, it showed its true itself, truest self. No amount of backpedaling will make that less true. Let's be clear. White evangelical institutions will endure. They remain well-funded. When you look at the religion and spirituality podcast charts, the majority of those in the top are going to be white evangelical perspectives. But they have lost something they've long controlled. The narrative. They've also isolated themselves. Their prior congregants will move on and find new beliefs to affirm, and they'll be empowered to be honest about their trauma and experience within evangelical spaces by the long line of leavers that came before them. The exvangelical dispersal will bear witness to and affirm their choice. White evangelicalism has lost control of the narrative. It's up to us to tell our own. Thank you for listening. Much of this script was adapted from posts to my Twitter feed, at BRChastain, and my newsletter, The Post-Evangelical Post, which I'll link to in the description. You can support my work directly through the newsletter, and you can subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast app. Talk to you soon.